Yeah, so what, we're, are we two or three, or three weeks since we recorded? Feels like a long time. Feels yeah. like a long time. It's my fault. Yeah, well, uh, totally. But um, it's, um, <laughs> well, basically, I think we were all fairly busy over the last the last while, but uh, in particular, which made it even more difficult, you were out of the country. And in a snowstorm? Yep. Oh, no, it wasn't too bad. Well, just... so you went over for Trump's inauguration, yeah, and then you ran into trouble with the healthcare, so you went that back. That was it, yeah. Cool. I cost him too much healthcare. <laughs> no, I was just over for work. Oh, what's the general mood like over there? Holiday. Um, fine. Yeah. Like, it never came up in conversation. Yeah. A few people made a few comments, but again, I don't. You don't know who votes for who over there. You don't want to make assumptions. You don't want to look like a dickhead or anything like that. But I, I assume it's pretty much a case of life goes on and just get on with it. Like, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, I guess until it's affecting your life, you know. Yeah. <laughs> if it's, um, I don't know. Yeah, the, no one really talks about it that I noticed anyway. Um, I did bump into someone who did mention that he did vote for Trump. Not directly to me. He said it to someone who said it to me, but it's kind of like, yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah. was, he, was he saying how he regretted it now? No? Um, I think his reason was, I mean, look at the other one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he didn't have, that was his, like, you have two options. And that's, I guess, the thing. You have two options. So, yeah. You know what I think... You know, the whole Trump thing in relating to this podcast. I think we need less fake podcast and we need to stick to the yeah, facts. We do need to stick do. to the facts. We shouldn't be talking about this crap. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Why not? It's awesome. Can we talk about our one star review? I don't review? think there's any more oh, that yeah. needs to be said than <laughs> to be said. I want to read it out. It's amazing. Okay, so uh, this is on the US store. So, any of our US listeners, uh, we never ask for. Um, ratings or reviews or anything like that because where we forget probably anyway one of us noticed that we have a review on the u.s podcast store uh it is one star it is by ns feedback and it's titled whatever happened to sticking to the facts fake news it, it goes on I just found this podcast today. An increasingly common trend among podcasters is to get involved in long side conversations unrelated to the topic. I couldn't even finish the episode because it was about some personal (laughs) stuff, which is only of interest to the hosts. Many of us have very little time in our day to devote to podcasts. When we choose to listen to an episode, it's because the summary got our attention. It would be great for all if more time was given to the topics and less to meaningless filler. Sounds about Thank right. And NS feedback. Yeah. Good. That's yeah. a pretty good review of, of uh, exactly what happens here. Accurate assessment, yeah. yeah. Thank you. I think, to be honest, though, it sounds pretty much like the show notes led him astray or something. You know, or, or something. But, I don't know. Like, but our titles are funny puns that Dave makes. I know. Like, how can you not love that? <laughs> yeah look um that's that's very fair um one star bit harsh um but we did waste we did uh, waste so if time. anybody <laughs> yeah so if anybody in the u.s is listening and fancies countering this 
I know we can't be asking for reviews, can we? We could ask for a three star. Three star, we? fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> it's still a bit if high in my opinion. But <laughs> if you're only mildly irritated by our meanderings, yeah. leave us three stars. That's it. That's it. I, I don't want to je- I don't want to jeopardize this, but like on all the other app stores, we do have five stars. Every single one there of them. Um, the ones that we have reviews on, we have five stars. <laughs> just, just saying. Just America. saying. Sabotage coming. So second week week in a row, second episode in the row, we have people giving out to us, which is progress. Yeah, very good. So that was our one-star review. Do we want to talk about new iPads? Yeah. Dave, are you still in the market for an iPad? I am, because I keep, again, I'm on this kind of, like, my life is like that Mac Rumors update page. And as soon as something goes orange or yellow, I'm kind of like, huh, no. And then it goes green after a new iPad comes out, and then I wait just too long, and then I'm like, oh no, I'll wait for the next one. So I still have an iPad 2, and I think I really need to upgrade, because um, it's an iPad 2. I don't know what else I can say about that. This is very tempting. It's the right price. It's it's great. It's just disappointed uh, that they didn't roll out Apple Pencil support for it, but... Um, yeah, that's a bit disappointing, uh, isn't it? Very, yeah. But I guess I it's a budget big... model now, though, isn't it? It's a well, it's a, a cheaper regular size iPad, the cheapest regular size iPad now. Yeah. yeah. So what was the iPad Air really? Um, mm-hmm. Is now the iPad, which I think is technically the third iPad model called iPad. Mm. Although I think one was called New iPad. So you know, um, okay, I mean, yes. just the, the iPad Five. You know, take that Apple. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's it can't um, be the five. I don't think it's. It has to be the five, five, six, seven, eight. No, but then there were the airs. You see, so it was the iPad one, two, three, new iPad, which is the four, um, or was it three? It doesn't matter. It only existed for like four months, and it like burned your hand. Um, then I've. Go on. No, no, no! You can't. This is completely arbitrary. You have to either number them all or not at all. But why can't there be like a a mini, an iPad, and a Pro? There is. But just Dave's leave it at that. Just numbering them wrong. Oh, okay. It's been controversial. <laughs> so <laughs> the iPad. What did I say? Eight. Facts. Um, <laughs> fake iPads. One, two, three, four. Air is five. Air two is six. iPad seven. Yeah. Lucky for Sam. Well, that's a good memory. Um, of that particular screen size. Yes. And not the Pro. You see, yeah. iPad is my mastermind subject. I, suppose, yeah. uh, I used to. <clears throat> so I think this new iPad is awesome. And I think, Dave, you should definitely buy one. Um, and I think maybe the slight difference between us and other Apple podcasts is that, um, well, like Apple Gear is quite expensive in Ireland anyway, and we don't tend to sort of upgrade our stuff. You'd think it listened to us over the last six months, but we don't actually upgrade very often, and often we don't necessarily upgrade to like the sort of the top, top, top of the line. So I think four twenty for thirty-two gigs, uh, super fast. Yes, no pencil, but I think they'll also keep it around forever. I think it'll be like your iPad too, Dave. Yeah, I think I'm I'm looking at that like because it's it just looks like it has you know, um 
fairly decent specs and it has been slowing down like we had the iPad Air and the iPad Air 2 was there for nearly two years is it without an update um while they went off yes. and concentrated on the, the the pro models by the sounds of things so realistically for me it's either this um iPad I would probably see I have the huge iPhone um in terms of storage like the biggest the biggest storage on the iPhone um, I don't need 128 gig on the iPad, but do I need more than 32 gig? You know, I think 32 is fine unless you want to store video on the device for like kind of plane trips or. And even at that, you know, I'm quite sure I could free up some stuff, and you know, is I... there is there still a 9.7 Pro and a 12 Pro or whatever? Yes. Yeah. And then there's a 9.7 regular. Yeah. The new okay. one, yeah. yeah. The new okay. one. Okay. So that's what I'm torn between, really. I'm torn between the new iPad 2017, 9.7 inch, and the Pro. And you're kind of like, maybe you'll wait for the 9.7 Pro, the new one. Or just buy it, because I don't know when it's coming out. I'll probably wait for WWDC anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, what do we think about the iPad Pro? Um, the other... I know, you, I know you, you would use the pencil. I think out of anyone, you would use it. Yeah. yeah, you're a sketcher in a drawer, you know. Yeah. So it's it's caution on the uh, Mac rumors buyer guide, you see. Yeah, I think for you, you should hold out. You know, hold out a long time, so might as well hold hold out a bit longer. It's mad to think it's only since it's only released in September, you know. Hmm. Um, but the other one was out the year before, though, right? Same specs, is it? Here's here's the thing, though, Dave. Yeah. An iPad Pro. The current model is seven hundred. Yeah, like, oh, and I'd be paying five twenty because I'd probably, I'd probably just get for comfort. Um, I'd get the the hundred twenty eight gig because you never know. Um, <laughs> and the and the hundred twenty eight iPad Pro on current prices is eight oh nine. Yeah. Ouch. So that's an extra three hundred quid, which means I could throw in an i I could get an iPad Mini. As well, just to to bring with me, like, <laughs> you know, um, for the the plane flights and stuff like that, or put it towards, I guess, is what a third of an iPhone, a new iPhone. Yeah, mm. and it's, it be to a... be honest, it's probably the upfront cost for a contract. So, yeah. Mm. Anyway, food for thought. It's yeah. about time you bought something, Dave. I know, uh, spending all this money on kids is annoying. <laughs> um, but, uh, houses. Yeah, houses, children, nappies, dear God. Nappies. <laughs> and obviously wide. But, um, uh. yeah. Um, <laughs> so, or, um, you know, I could put it towards an Apple Watch and I could uh, wait patiently for my bank to implement Apple Pay so that I could flash oh. my wrist places. So, so yeah. none of us have had an opportunity to use Apple Pay since it came to Ireland? Nope. Nope. I think we're all with AIB, are we? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, for, AIB. For, for anything l- that counts, anyway. If you're listening, AIB. Um, <laughs> so, my business account is with Ulster Bank. Okay. Mm. But you can't do Apple Pay with business accounts. Boo. Of course not. That'd be convenient. Mm. Um, yeah, so, yeah. I don't know. We can so, buy all the new latest tech and they'll sell it to us 
and it sounds to me like it's a they're in negotiations or that's at least what the the tech support on twitter typed at least two thousand times on the day it was announced poor guy did any of you message them i messaged them <laughs> i saw your one that it was just apple pay apple pay apple pay apple pay apple pay apple pay <laughs> over and over again I kind of felt bad for them. I was hoping it might cheer them up a little bit, but also get the the message across. Yeah, that's it. I'm 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 kind of curious to know, like, because I mean, I think we like my sentiment is that I wouldn't move banks for this because at the moment, um, you know, I just that is the last thing that I want to have to deal with. Yeah. If I had, you know, I don't know if I'd copious quantities of free time or something, maybe I'd take it on, but just for a bit more convenience like i can tape my uh debit card to the back of my phone and just hold it up for transactions under 30 anyway yeah Um, yeah you know and that's that's fairly ubiquitous now i don't think there's any place there's only one uh petrol station i go to and they have their salary contract which isn't working stuck on top of the machines the whole time um and they're the only holdout and that wouldn't work with the apple pay either so who knows is there a limit on how much you can spend on Apple Pay, like the the debit if, thirty. If the retailer doesn't make special allowances, or if the payment processor doesn't, it's treated the same as a debit card with the thirty euro limit and the random pin number entering. Oh, okay, so you can have it higher. You can, but again, that retailer they they announced a bunch of retailers on launch that would support the um, specific Apple Pay transactions. So if if they don't, it just works the same as your debit contactless. Okay. Um, and if, if they do, then you can use it for a much higher. If they recognize that it's an Apple Pay, you can mm-hmm. use it for higher transactions. Depends on the, depends on the bank. Depends on the merchant. Depends on the, you know, there's far too many variables involved. But I'd imagine that in a year or two, we won't know the difference. Yeah, I, I mean, I I wouldn't mind spending more because it does use your fingerprint, does it? Yep. I would trust a bit more to my fingerprint rather than my um my current debit card which anyone can just nab and swipe anyway so that's it yeah i think it like i've i've hit the limit a few times for the amount of contactless transactions or whatever i can use in the day um so i'm fairly confident that you know the most someone would get out of me is 60 quid if they stole it yeah (laughs) um that that aspect of it works um even if it is kind of annoying sometimes when you're yeah when you have to end up going to like five different places because every one of them has one piece of the puzzle that you're trying to assemble. <laughs> I wonder what you were assembling. <laughs> the most mundane thing of house upkeep that you can imagine, Baz. Hmm. You know? So, um, this color paint, they only have it here. Oh, okay, well, but they don't have paint rollers. Okay, so now I have to go over here. Okay, well, I need screws for that. Oh, they don't have screws, but the last place I was at did, but then, oh my God, you know, <laughs> and so on. So, yeah, such is life. Actually, sorry, sorry, I need to stick to the facts. Um, so, um, basically, <laughs> we're I'm at gonna, the stage You now. can order, can we go back to Apple Pay? Yeah, yeah, stuff. I was, I was, yeah, go on. I was just going to say that, um, you know, with the, with the Apple Pay, that, you also have the um, that third-party card that you can load that works with Apple Pay. His name I can't remember. Tree in it or VE or no? That's that's long gone. Um, okay. But basically, it's like a, a debit card that you can load up, and then that works with Apple Pay. 
So we do oh. technically, if we want to be fancy, we can be fancy, but we have to involve yet another middleman in our transaction. Right. I'm going to order decals. Sorry, what? For your, like, skins? Apple Pay decals. You know, the, the cool metal ones. Oh, for, like, the retailers that support it? Yeah. You're oh, going yeah. to order some. Submit. What are you going to stick them onto? <laughs> oh, that'd be cool. <laughs> you pretend that you still have a business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Boon. That's what it was. Boon. Yes. I've never heard of that. Boon. Yeah, so... um. But I suppose place. it's something like you could give your kid and stuff like that. You get one glass decal, two register decals, and six terminal decals. The glass one looks cool. Is, is it, it like is it transparent? Sticks onto glass. Oh, I don't know. Oh, I thought it was actual glass. Would you be able to see oh, it yeah, then? Like You're probably award. right. Yeah. Applepaysupplies.com anyway, if you want to order your own. Oh, and are these official or unofficial? Uh, official. Oh, interesting. I'll put a link in the show notes. Do. Sorry, Let's Apple, for spamming your retailer site, but it's, it's all we got to do until we can actually use the thing. It's play with stickers. So indulge us and send us stuff. Try to think where I can stick them around the house from, from the, the most aggro now. Mm-hmm. You could stick them on the, a- the door to your local AIB branch. Yeah. <laughs> Confuse people. Yeah, so boon for Ireland and iOS, and it it works when our banks don't work. So. Um, back to the iPad. I think once again we're not on the list of launch countries for the iPad Seven. Oh, um, we were able to pre-order it, so I think we're close enough. Um, but we're not on. We're not the. We're not launch day. Yeah, I should have offered to uh, pick you up one last week. <laughs> I, I, I know, I know, money. I know a colleague that got one. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'd have to have money for that to work. Um, <laughs> so, I know you're good for it, Dave. Ah, yeah. I know. I can like buy iPad, and I can click buy, and that's there. So it's launched now, anyway. Cool. One to two business days. I keep forgetting as well that you know I can use the education store and not feel guilty about it. Mm. Um, <laughs> so I think that actually gives. Uh, that actually manages to give some discount, but uh, Apple will check that you are. I think it's a random enough check that you are actually either a student or that you're working at an educational. Um, but you can use your Apple ID, which isn't linked to an education email address, for example. Oh, uh, anytime I've done it, because I have, I have used it before. Um. You know my my Mac when I need to when I need to upgrade, um, and it's um, or I, I used to anyway, um, and it's just you just have to say where you're from, and it's I think it's fairly random. I'm not sure what verification. Oh no, yeah, no, there's there's um <clears throat> there's a third party that verifies it for for me as a staff member of an institution, but I think that students themselves can just go direct from. Apple's website. Okay. Actually, I watched I watched one of your programming videos on YouTube, Dave. I think that counts me as a student. Definitely. I'll vouch for you anyway. Yeah. Um, so, so something just popped into my mind. I'll say it before I forget. Um, I had a weird. I've been, tr- uh, you know, I've had a lot of rejections from apps f- from Apple, 
but I had a new one this week. So the first version of the app went through and I needed to put up an update to the app store. But this time they asked me for hardware to send over. So the app connects really? over Bluetooth to hardware. I forgot to tell you guys about this. Wow. And so I, because another one of our clients had said to me, will Apple require hardware in the future? And I said, I don't know because this is my first time we're putting through an app that requires a hardware. And I'll let you know how that goes. So that went true fine so i went back to him and said yeah look we won't need it but <laughs> now going forward i'm probably going to have to make sure that anytime we release an app that works with hardware i'm going to have to ship hardware to apple do they send it back to you i don't know because like what happens in the case that you want to update the app again do you have to send it for every single update of the app so i'll try and find out that information um it's also tell them you s- you'll swap for a new ipad that's it yeah I suppose they might just keep it somewhere for future reference, but then, you know, it requires batteries then as well, you know, and do they have the right batteries for it? Um, so this is going to be an interesting one going forward for me. And and this is, Baz, this is not, it doesn't come under MFI. I presume it's a Bluetooth low energy yes, communications. So. But we're sending it from, we're going to send it from the States because sending it from abroad requires paperwork. Not, not a huge amount, but it does require you to have paperwork to send to them so we have to send it internally which is fine um like certification um the wireless stuff or, or yeah it just kind of stuff? because it's a radio you know you have to kind of have some compliance letter or something that says i don't have i, I should have actually printed out the what the rejection was um i can probably get it if you want to wait that's really interesting i've never heard of that so yeah because this is my very first time and i kind of went um I had a suspicion that it wouldn't go through, but then again, this is the nature of the app store, right? You know, you get person A on one day and they say, yeah, your app is fine, goes through. And then the next day, some will go, oh no, this kind of violates 12.3 or whatever it is. Um, and you think it's someone in Apple who's just like, oh, that sounds cool. I want to see one. I mean, yeah, my, no, I don't know. Maybe just want to know <laughs> what we're up to inside in there. Um, I think it's fascinating. So, I, so guideline two point one information needed. Yeah, um, we start to review your app. But we're not able to continue because we need the associated hardware to fully assess your app features. Um, and then the extra stuff. So, a separate FCC form seven forty must be used for each different radio frequency device or component in the shipment. However, form is not required for sub assemblies, parts, or components of radio frequency devices. Hmm. No. At the very least, this is good that, like, because clearly <clears throat> they've automated a lot of stuff with App Review now. Would you guys agree? Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. Um. So the fact that like they are sort of reviewing it close enough that they're like, "Hey, this app uses custom hardware, and we want to have a look at it," is mm-hmm. I think a good thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um. Because we always, we never necessarily, I think, wanted the the App Store review process to become more lax necessarily. We just wanted it to be quicker, right? And maybe a bit more. Consistent. Yeah, but I just, I don't know what this means going forward. Every single app I'm going to release might have a different piece of hardware. Like, some of the hardware is not, you know, it's, it's pretty, <laughs> it's not a, you know, small bits of hardware sometimes. Um. I'd imagine it as well, to, in order to test it, there's probably a lot of domain knowledge required. 
So someone randomly sitting in Apple gets this bit of hardware and it's just kind of like, uh, okay, we'll start reading the manual, you know? Um, yeah, luckily, you know, luckily this one, you just flick a switch and it turns on and connects, you know? It's pretty straightforward, but yeah, just stuff. Like, like this would be like, I guess, uh, Google having to send in a Nest Cam or something, you know? And without sort of revealing details, Baz, is, is there anything about this hardware product that would cause Apple to sort of, you know, Apple have certain things, like anything to do with privacy, location, they tend to sort of like be really big on. Is there anything obvious that it's just because of this piece of hardware that they want to test? No. <laughs> That's what I know of, no. I mean... It just takes recordings and sends the data over Bluetooth <laughs> to your phone. Right, it's um, not like a tracker or... No, I mean, it's... A sensor of some kind. It's just a, it's a sensor, yeah. Um, yeah. Accelerometers and stuff. And temperature. Yeah. Very yeah, straightforward. Looking here under the before you submit, like provide an active demo account and log information, plus any other hardware or resources mm. that might be needed to review your app. But but as you said, it's interesting, happen. you know? Yeah, I, 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 th- I think it was just a case of, look, I knew the first time I was like, I had the thing of, I don't know if this will get through. Let's just send it in and see what happens. Um, but it just adds to my ever long list of reasons why I got apps rejected. <laughs> this is a new one for me. So, yeah, I guess it's just a, another warning for people out there. If you ever do have an app that requires hardware, that you might just have to send it to Apple. That's interesting. Like, I'm thinking, what if I made a an app that communicated over Bluetooth with the Arduino with a Bluetooth module stuck into it? There's a good few of them. Yeah. Those kind of things. Do I actually have to send over Configures, a, a bit of kit? Like, yeah, I wonder. And if it, if it's it, interesting just to see how far they'd go with it. Like, you know. Yeah, and if it passes once, you get it yeah. back. Or do they have it in a? A storage yeah. system somewhere, kind of like the end of Indiana Jones, you know. <laughs> top, you, top man. <laughs> <laughs> and you'd think, like, that surely there's an intermediate sort of level of thing um, where, for example, like you could submit a video of the app pairing with the device. Now, I know videos can be faked, right? But Yeah, I mean, I've definitely sent videos to Apple. A lot of times before for like, oh, how does this feature work in the app? Can you send us a video? Um, so that's and as well. I think yeah. it would be a lot easier for them to verify it now that they have that new app, which we'll talk about in a bit. A new app? Yeah. <laughs> Go on. Clips. Oh, oh. Have it? Okay. Have you guys used it? Is it out? I downloaded it. Yeah. I didn't know it came out. I I, I guess you both on ten point three. No. No. No, I'm not. My iPad is, is. I thought it was, but Dave said he downloaded it. Oh, uh, yeah, but I, I'm just checking now and it didn't complete. Um, yeah, no, I hit get, I hit install, then I did the thumb thing, and then I walked away <laughs> and said, that'll be fun, uh, or then um, something baby-related happened, mm-hmm. um, obviously. Yeah, no, I'm putting off the 10.3, um, but apparently it, it can record the screen. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Fantastic. Because I use QuickTime a lot. Really? Yeah. I use QuickTime all the time for recording the screen. So this is going to be Yeah, me too. That's class. Yeah. 
That'd be so useful for doing demo videos of apps and stuff. Yeah, and um, I think on Twitter, someone posted that their new favorite use was making passive-aggressive tech support videos. (laughs) (laughs) And basically, it just had, like, the video of them doing something on the screen. Um, But they, like, overlaid, like, ten arrows going this. Oh, dear. Yeah. Oh, God. So I have uh, retweeted it there. But, um, so, yeah. Super passive aggressive tech support videos. So that's Kyle Seth Gray on Twitter, and it's uh twelve seconds of something that we would all really have wanted to do at some point <laughs> in our in our app development careers. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I've also obviously been looking at the the rest of uh, the videos people are doing with it, where you talk and it automatically puts the the words up on the screen and stuff. You know, I think it's a very interesting app, but. Um, <clears throat> Again, one of the things that um, people are not too happy about with Clips is that Apple have given it permission to access all of the hardware on the device without without asking. Oh, Ooh, so they bypass their own permissions. So yes. location-based stuff, camera-based stuff. Camera and microphone, I think, are the main ones anyway. Um, right. So, and and does this it, is probably not a first like i don't think does camera or i guess camera requires well, yeah and stock yeah i don't know i, I it's I, it's been so long since i've done it but like as in the stock camera app mm. obviously that's stock i'd imagine um but you know, that's a, a little camera, bit so. sort of different where yeah where the use is kind of like related to the the app I guess, but this feels a bit different because Apple apps normally do ask for permission. Um, like I think iTunes Connect asks you to for notification permissions, for example. I don't think that's automatic. Yeah. Snakes. I, I think apart from anything else, Apple should have to go through the um, the permissions thing just yeah. so they can feel the pain of third-party developers or demonstrate the right ux for asking for permissions right yeah yeah I, w- I wish there was a way of i wish they provided um an alert pop-up that just did a do you know do you know the way most people do they have a pop-up it has like three buttons on it and says allow access to camera and you, you hit yes on it then it pops up apple's permission if they just had an alert box that they made themselves that popped up and said okay the person wants access to camera bluetooth and microphone you can tick whatever you want and then press receive. Well, I don't know why they don't have their own version of that. Oh, so basically multiple permissions at once. Multiple permissions at once. Because when you have to build your own one, you ask a person, okay, can we have access to your Bluetooth? They hit yes, and then it pops up Apple's one, and then they have to hit yes again on that one. So yeah. it's twice for each of them. And it makes sense because you're doing it at the very start of the app. You never have to do it again. And when like the person goes into the app and then they come to the part where they have to use the camera or location-based services, they can use it instantly. That's why you want to use it. You want to annoy them at the start of the app. Um, again, which isn't great, you know, first experience in the app. Yeah. What proportion of apps do you allow to send push notifications that you install? Depends. Zero. <laughs> it depends. I've, like um, social ones, I guess, Snapchat, Twitter, WhatsApp messenger okay um, 
I'm pretty close to zero. I'm not quite as uh, fundamentalist as Dave, but I'm close. If I message on, right? I suppose, yeah. I suppose communication is one thing. If it's if it's a user-generated notification from a real person that I know, that's fine. Yeah. Mm. If it's like AliExpress telling me that these great deals are going to expire in five minutes, get lost, you know. Um, or e- eBay has them on, and they're quite good. Because eBay does tell you when stuff is being dispatched, and I like that kind of stuff, you know. Also, yeah, that kind of thing, and Amazon do that as well. Yeah, Amazon. Amazon that, yeah, that sort of stuff is is interesting. But my problem is that a lot of the time, it's kind of you know, like I mean, Amazon is fairly granular with the permissions. Um, you can enable just that, um, that one, I think. Um, but I've never but, been spammed uh, by Amazon. No, me neither. Um, probably because I haven't allowed it. <laughs> but um. You know, I think, I think the the main problem is that I just have been spammed by so many things back in the mm-hmm. early days. Yeah, you know, yeah. like this is a habit. This is a habit from five, six years ago. You know, um, it's still happening everything... though, Dave. Like people have wrecked push notifications. Like, yeah, either you know, people are more than happy to send like three push notifications a day. I've seen it for like you know a kind of something is happening either in our app or at the event associated with our app and it's just like it's junk it's nonsense and it is completely yeah instant block from me anyway i block all games games don't ever get a chance to to send me a push notification they don't need to um you know oh well if you if you click on five crystals you know no Mm -hmm. i'm fine you know um uh, just communication. So I only have push notifications that were generated by a human somewhere with the odd occasional. Occasionally, Twitter will actually tell me that two people that I know liked the same tweet or something like that. Um, and they're a bit they're a bit odd. And uh, Instagram, I've turned off Instagram, but it's like, oh, so someone posted for the first time in a really long while. Yeah, you know, Facebook it does it that. Yeah. Fucking so hot. I killed that all off. I'm going to attempt to categorize the push notifications into four categories. So the first is bullshit spam, right? Yeah. Which is basically, and the problem is is that people who have apps don't realize how wide the the bullshit spam category is, which is basically like, no, 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 no. You may think your push notification is like useful to somebody, but it's not. It's definitely not. Like it's a hundred percent not right. So that's the first one. Second one is people who you know trying to get in contact with you through an app, right? So that's all the messenger yeah. stuff. That's that's acceptable. Otherwise, well, you you can tweak it, but it, it's definitely sort of you know you have connected with another person on this service and they are trying to contact you through it. Yeah, it's necessary to use the service to any without you know pissing off your friends. So the third category I'm going to give is where you are engaged in some sort of transaction or other sort of one-off activity where the app is letting you know about. So Amazon Dispatch. Yeah. Would that be so fair? A, a status updates, basically. Yeah, but it's kind but of like... A status update to something that you again initiated. Yeah, exactly. And then the fourth, I guess, is the last one you mentioned, which... Sounds to me like it's it's algorithm a- algorithmic push notifications, where they're tr- and 
all by the sounds of things just designed to increase retention in the app. Yes. Like I I literally don't care that you know two people who I follow happen to like the same tweet. Yeah, so if me and Baz like to tweet, do you want well, that? Well, you're, you're exceptional, you know, because I'm like, <laughs> wow, if both of those guys liked it. You know, but like in general, it's two famous people that, you know, liked another famous person's vaguely amusing tweet, you know. Um, uh, you know. For me, it clearly shows we're still at the early sort of days of like sort of spammy algorithms because I think like if Twitter turned down the knob a bit and did a bit more work they might actually sort of like occasionally present you with really interesting stuff but all the notifications it has gotten better for me now Um, but again the notification stuff is still actually using Twitter recently seems to have gotten better what did you think of their redesign uh the common thing or the the nested replies or whatever um uh yeah i don't really know people were giving out i'm like i still don't know how to use it so yeah annoying because now there's multiple threads so you could actually be in a thread and not see the rest of them taking place you know it's not like it's laid out like a, a common thread on reddit or something you just happen to be in a thread and none of the other ones exist while you're in this one so Ah. um yeah, it, it's kind of like, uh, as someone posted a gif, like, it's like Twitter's new comments and it's like getting lost in a maze, like you're down, oh, down this one, okay, no, down this one. They need some kind of visual hierarchy associated with it, I think, and still, they still display everything um, as they did previously, you know. And again, I don't really use it on the desktop, it's very much a mobile app for me, so I don't know. And I'm not inclined to, you know, um, I suppose none of us really get in big... Uh, Big long Twitter debates or conversations with more than with you know with like eight people or something like that. Save that for my alt accounts. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you supposed to have more followers than following on Twitter? Is that how it works? I guess so. Depends. If you want to be popular, like I suppose. Awesome! I'm super popular. I have like thirteen more followers. No, I have to express that fl- fractionally, so it sounds like I have ten percent more <laughs> followers than I'm following. Previously, Twitter would actually cut you off until the number of people following you. You know, you couldn't just keep following people until your followers grew as well. Um, I think it was just uh, for for some reason there was some weird limit there years ago. I don't know if it's still there, but. Um, I think it was, you know, ostensibly to deal with spam or something like that. Um, so you couldn't, you know, you couldn't just go around following a thousand people. Um, There's a few uh, famous celebrities that only follow one person, which I think is gas, like Stephen Colbert and Conan O'Brien. Yeah. They just follow like one person. <laughs> and which one? Was it, was it Conan O'Brien that followed one random person yeah it was just a random person yeah <laughs> i think that's gas you have millions of people wanting you to them to or you to follow them and like no pick a randomer that's what you should do thomas delete everyone yeah maybe then my my ratio would be awesome um update um micro dot blog oh yes it's late um so this is a, a thing we talked about maybe about five episodes ago. It's basically an open source Twitter. 
Um, they're getting ready to roll out the last update Kickstarter. So they did a Kickstarter. They got eighty, almost ninety thousand dollars. They've hired your one Jean. I can't remember a second name from um, App Camp for Girls uh, as their community manager. Um, their last update was March thirty first. They were talking about um, photo sharing. It really feels like this. The way they're building it is really to integrate with Twitter at the start. So basically everything you post will get horsed on to Twitter as well. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. They seem like they're getting close. Yeah, so something that I've actually seen pop up on Twitter a lot now as well is Mastodon.social. Oh, what's that? Um, so I'm just reading from the website. Mastodon is a free open source social network, a decentralized alternative to commercial platforms. It avoid, avoids the risk of a single company monopolizing your communications. Pick a server that you trust. Whichever you choose, you can interact with everyone else. Anyone can run their own Mastodon instance and participate in the social network seamlessly. This sounds like uh, GNU Diaspora. The same sort of idea of decentralized... Yeah, is that GNU Diaspora now? Is this, I, I had missed that uh, <laughs> that particular transition from their uh, Kickstarter, whatever it was, years ago. Um, I... So what sets Mastodon apart? Timelines are chronological, public timelines, 500 characters per post, give me sets and short videos, granular per post privacy settings, rich block and muting pro- uh, tools, ethical design, no ads, no tracking, open API for apps and services. So, yeah. Cool. And it is Mastodon. It's not a rebranded. It's a GNU social compatible microblogging server. Okay. So, what that? That sounds cool. Yeah, and it. The thing is, it's actually, like, I mean, okay, like Leo Laporte is on it, but he was on Jaiku, so you know, there's a. <laughs> there, there's a lot to be oh. said for that, and there's there's actually a few more people popping up and saying, "I'm on Mastodon now. Here's, you know." Use my address or my username or whatever, which is the most I've seen since I think app.net. Which finally got properly killed. Yeah, I paid for the, I, I did the first year of that. Um, yeah. <laughs> it was pretty anyway, cool. I, yeah, I, I, so I'm hoping something will uh, go out. I want to be better at this stuff. I think... Twitter just taking on so much money and they're a bit rubbish, so not cool anymore. Yeah. A lot of problems with the platform itself as well, harassment and all that sort of stuff. That, like, I'm sympathetic in a way because I, like, I have no idea how I would deal with that if I was running a a site this big, you know? Um, At the risk of, you know, um, the kind of Bayesian false positive on these things, where you know, you could end up blocking more, more legit stuff than than um, I suppose than than the actual offending stuff. I I can't imagine that it's that it's an easy problem to fix. And I wonder what you see the the problem then with the de- the the decentralized tools is everyone's on a Twitter for the state of the platform and for not enforcing things. I'm I I'm a, I assume that you can be banned off a particular server on Mastodon or Micro.blog or something like that, but. If it's decentralized, there's nothing to stop you setting up on a new server, you know? And then, of course, there will be servers, federated servers that cater to the lowlifes. Um, and then, will you know, then will the other servers decide not to federate with them? You know, um, I think it's an interesting problem. 
and one that I'm luckily not um not in charge of and my none of my 152 followers give me any trouble. <laughs> so speaking of problems Ooh. with platform, what about the Mac Pro? Yeah. Mm. That was really interesting, wasn't it? It was. Apple are sorry. Yeah, they'd want to be. Seriously, like. <laughs> um, it is a new a, a new exercise in humility for Apple to a certain extent. There are there are admissions of ineffective, not necessarily wrongdoing. Did, but... did, did their uh, stock go up or down afterwards or anything? <laughs> Probably went up. That's a good point. Probably nobody noticed. Yeah, yeah. There was no big event. Still insanely rich. Yeah. So, so do do we want to sort of give a potted history of the Mac Pro? Um, we should also talk about what we're explain what we're talking about as well. <laughs> okay. So, um, I guess the Mac Pro is Apple's most expensive Mac. Um, mm. it's interesting. Like people talk about the original Mac being like the Mac Pro, and maybe it was because of price, but I, I, I think the, the Mac Pro had a more recent lineage in the 90s in terms of like a high-power, non-integrated Mac. Um, yeah, that that was super high-spec. Um, and I think, what, four, three or four years ago, uh, Apple came out with a new redesign of this very expensive computer. Uh, which people call the trash can because it looks like a, a waste paper basket um, and haven't touched it since. So people were saying, oh, they're going to kill the Mac Pro and um, if they're going to, you know, first they came for the Mac Pro, um, et cetera, et cetera. Like, is, is this evidence that Apple are going to eventually abandon the Mac line? And so they brought some journalists together last week uh, to say, uh, we're sorry, we messed up. Um we're going to redesign it better, but it might take us a year. It's pretty good, yeah. Yeah, and again, one of the big things was they mentioned modularity. Mm. I love, though, like they really shouldn't have done this because like for the past 20 years, even more, people have been calling for Apple to make, some people call it an X-Mac. It's basically a mid-level highly expandable replaceable basically pc tower that people can basically change whatever they want in terms of graphics card ram cpu um and i don't think apple are ever going to do that i think when they talked about modular they were talking about themselves in their own factory they weren't talking about no but kind but, of... but hadn't they talked about with the the macbook that sorry the mac pro that you'd be able to attach like um graphics cards using thunderbolt and stuff like this you'd have external components that you could keep adding on to it to make you know to kind of boost its power but then this never kind of planned out i kind of was taking it as that is that they messed up how you could upgrade the the mac pro but with the new one it would maybe kind of they'd have a better way of doing that that's what i thought anyway you know adding more ram adding a better graphics card or something like that but maybe tell you one thing about all this mm -hmm. which i haven't sort of read discussed anywhere is i think this whole thing is a bitch slap on johnny i because basically they said in this interview that 
it was the wrong design. It was a bad design. Now, I think part of that was they made a, a tech bet that didn't pay off. So their tech bet was that um, multiple GPUs are powerful than a single in terms of the graphics manufacturers. Mm-hmm. Um, you could say, oh, they're unlucky. Um, but I, I really felt like in that interview, the current Mac Pro design really got a lot of criticism. And basically that, that criticism surely has to arrive at Johnny Ive's desk because he's had a design. Hmm. Is, yeah. I have to wonder if that if it originated or if there was a hardware design brought with the, the thermal channel or whatever they're calling it this week. And was kind of designed around that. It really feels like a, it was a design-led Mac. Like yeah. That it came from design. Mm. Like, okay, it was really clever what they did. Like, you know, thermal engineering is really complicated. And the way they had sort of basically... Yeah, it was clever. A, a pyramid around the central data flow. That was really clever. But yeah, it, it seemed like it was designed. But why didn't they just update it is the next question. Like, I mean, I know, you know, okay, it's bad, but they already made one. Aren't they releasing a new one this year with some updated specs? A spec bump, yeah. And but, it's not even a spec bump. It's basically oh, the it? um, good, better, best that Apple tend to do. Mm. They're now only selling better, best. Oh, Okay. Oh. Right, I, I, and there's a price drop as well, but there. Okay, it's fun. It's I've seen Marcus Brownlee. I know he tried to move to using his MacBook Pro, his 15 inch one, super spec, to do his editing, and he did go back to the Mac Pro. Um, Why? Well, I guess that gets a lot of views out there as well. You know, I kind of wonder was that a big video that kind of pushed him? To kind of say something because he's just like. Listen up. <laughs> there was a lot of grumbling, though, like a huge amount. Mm. And I think, you know, Apple are not the one to listen to it, but I think there was a lot of actual high-profile professionals that, you know, maybe had some clout mm-hmm. in there somewhere. Um, I don't know. Like, I, didn't, I don't think this is a computer that I will ever own, personally. Although the Mac Pro new one or the current the current one? The Mac Pro as a general concept. I, I don't need one, I'd be perfectly honest. No. Like I'd love there one. There are people like, who you know. <laughs> yeah. Maybe when my YouTube channel takes off I need to render things quicker or something. But, but okay, <laughs> like so say so say Dave, like your YouTube channel gets you know hundreds of thousands of viewers, right? And so you're quizzing, you've got like five grand budget for a new computer. Yep. Um it's worth pointing out the Mac Pros are you can get one for five grand, but you can also spend more than five grand on one. But given a choice between a Mac Pro, which you then have to source a monitor for you can't use the apple approved lg 5k monitor as far as we know or at least not without some hacks with displayport multi-stream uh transport versus a 5k imac like you probably want to get the 5k imac right or a macbook pro yeah both um 
ideally like i mean i think my ideal setup at the moment would be um top spec imac and decent laptop an air would do me or whatever if they still do airs i don't know i've kind of lost track probably a 13 inch macbook Mm, no i wouldn't need the pro a 12 inch macbook is there nothing bigger was it is there nothing bigger no i thought there was was it 11 inch that came out uh they're still selling the old uh 13 inch air but basically the 13 inch air has been replaced by the yeah. MacBook Pro without the touch bar, I guess. Like, I've literally, so I'm coming up on four years with my Air now. Still perfect. No complaints. Would like a retina screen. Eh. You know. I'm happy. Cool. So, like, that's that's my thing as well. Like, Pro, like, I do video editing. I do app development. I do programming. I do graphics not a lot the screen is gets kind of i'd like a bigger physical bigger <clears throat> bigger size screen for for graphics and stuff like that but this does everything you know i tell you what i'm also excited about is it sounds like they're they are gonna do a um a display yes yeah. that is cool i i really freaking want an apple display a cool one and there's rumors today, Mac rumors that they're talking about 8K, but for Ooh. me, it's not about resolution. I think it's a class of product that Ireland, uh, that Apple are really good at in terms of pushing the envelope on color gamut, on color matching, mm. like that's what I want. Mm. We have a, we have one of the 5Ks in work. I haven't checked it out yet, though. Nice. Don't look at it. Don't Why? spoil you. It yeah. will spoil you. Yeah, it's going to be sitting next to me anyway, so oh. I have to see it every single day. I'm going to have to be reviewing stuff on it. So yeah, that's grand. I got the 2K cinema display. <laughs> yeah, I think I like the the Apple the old Apple cinema display as well to a certain extent, um, because it just if you had an iMac, it just looked really nice having the Apple display next to it. Mm. So, yeah. You know, when I'm when I'm rich, I buy a gigantic iMac. And one of them for either side of it. <laughs> how many how many Ks is that? Twenty two K. If if rumors are to be believed. Although there'll probably be an eight K Mac by then. So I think um the actual like it's it's one thing act- Apple actually announcing this, but I think it's another to actually round up the press and bring them in like that. Yeah, because I thought it was some kind of a fake thing. Uh, or I didn't believe it at the start. And then it's like, oh, these are proper journalists that are reporting on this. Yeah. Because, I mean, look, we have all heard rumblings about, you know, there being internal kind of problems at Apple or a struggle or, you know, some yeah. kind of a, the, the, you know, there, there's the, I think, the supply chain side versus the the creative and all that that's that's kind of happening in there because you know they don't have they don't have a steve and it's it's probably time to start listening to the market in ways that they didn't do before not listen to journalists but listening to the market and again their their sales call you know there was as much of the new max sold as the the 
the previous model. Actually, they they said that the what were the figures? Do you have the figures there of how much the Mac Pro was made for them? It was quite so, uh, significant. Twenty percent. Twenty percent. Huge mm. amounts of the Mac. Pro. I, I think twenty percent, maybe of desktop Macs. Oh, um, okay. So what? There were a few figures that are said at once, and you could interpret yes. them one way. Um, because I think they gave a figure about the percentage of Mac desktops. Sorry, that was the twenty percent. Right, okay. Mac desktops are twenty percent of all Macs. And then there was a thing about Mac Pro is low single figures, but it wasn't clear was that of of all desktops or of all mm-hmm. Macs. Yeah, look, they're hugely expensive computers, but for those of us who use computers to get their work done, they're an important class of product, even if we don't use them ourselves, right? So it's mainly because the software that people use on these on those machines is so good that it's better than what you can get on a Windows machine, and that's the big thing, I think. That it's yeah. The software is really what's driving the sales of these things. That the software is so good, but you need something beefy behind it to make it run. For cer- for certain uses, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for certain uses, yeah. The kind of video editing and stuff like this and high demand kind of processing. Hey, word snap. No. Did we no We did like, talk about it last week, but sure. follow up. There's no well, follow up. I wasn't here. Uh, really zero follow-up i have been in a zombie like sleep no not in terms of updates but did any people send you more feedback or no no more feedback um okay so james was the only person that asked for but the people who did request access like did they they email you with only one person provided feedback Mm -hmm. so i suppose if you have been playing it and you are listening now, do send some feedback. <laughs> yeah, do. Feedback at worst case scenario dot e. Yeah, and yeah, I'll, I'll, feels like at some point I will get back into it. I just don't know when. <laughs> yeah, you needed a break. You had a really like productive few months where you really got those done. No harm. Mm, yeah, it's been. Yeah. So. Um, I actually thought the the list of journalists that they actually pulled out for that as well were fairly interesting. Like there was no New York Times, there was no Walt Mossberg, there was no, you know. But they weren't all sort of traditional Apple loyalists either, right? Yeah, but looks of things. I mean, there's a few names there I didn't didn't really recognize as well. But um, yeah, no, it's just it's just interesting. It's just kind of. I don't know. I'm trying, I'm trying to get my my head around it, you know. So if you were a um, Mac user, iPhone user, a developer at all, it's worth taking note that Panic have released their 2016 report. Yes, I read this. Is this the Firewatch guys again? This is the Firewatch guys again, <laughs> but also, <clears throat> you know, um, yeah, of uh, Coda, which I think you've started using recently. Um, yes, I have, and uh, <clears throat> I've been using their stuff for for over a decade in various um, various ways at this stage. So, um, yeah, 
basically the I suppose the the big thing of their their year was was Firewatch. Um, you know. So and... I have two really interesting things. So I read that blog post, right? Yep. The first one is there. We'll put a link link in the show notes. So Panic are, as they pointed out, essentially a Mac software company that has been around for a very long time, like since the Next Step days. Um, last year they co-funded, or they funded a game that um, we discussed about in this podcast because I went and played it because you guys said it was really good. Um, but in their kind of... Sp- 2016 report they continue to say that basically the mac is the future of their software business and they went to ios they they did sort of stuff and basically they said they over invested in ios apps um and they are now even more switching back focus to their mac stuff which i thought is super super interesting yeah, I think yeah. they they're good at what they do in terms of the the types of apps they put out. You know, they're, they're, you can see people wanting those kind of apps. Um, Who knew though that like doing Mac apps could fund a game? Like that's insane to me. Anyway, yeah, but I suppose they're they they're not cheap. You know, they know how to price. They make good software. Um, I definitely think. The, you see, they're, they're a category as well that I suppose, you know, Apple would define as pro. Um, like, they're not, their apps don't have an analog to the iPad. You know, transmit, okay, an FTP client for my phone. You know, yeah, if I'm stuck, sure, I own it. I have prompt as well on my phone. If I'm stuck, I paid my whatever it was for it. You know, I have Coda. Um on my Mac, I probably have a few other other stuff. I have, I have Firewatch, um, you know, so I have a lot of panic stuff. All of their mobile stuff are just in case, you know, they're all kind of, oh, well, I'll have this just in case I need to get at something. It's not like prompt, prompt isn't something I actually use unless something's gone wrong. Um, and the same, like, they're not, they're not first, like, I never wake up in the morning and like, oh, log into my my servers on my phone or iPad or whatever, you know. So that was the first sort of interesting thing. The second interesting thing, Dave, um, I don't know, did you click on this link? Um, so they panic talk about Firewatch and they talk about the awards they, they, they won. And there's a one-line bullet point um, that is, who could forget the story of the uh, uncle that works for Nintendo? <laughs> so, this was news to me. So, the gamers, uh, so the people who listen to our podcast that are gamers will recognize this straight away. Uh, and I didn't. Um, yeah, I found this interesting. I asked you, was it the first time you heard of it? Yeah, so it's such a big trope in video games. Like, so we talked about this on another podcast, did we? We definitely did. Thomas wasn't listening to us. I wasn't listening. Sorry. Yeah, (laughs) or maybe we didn't. But go on. Yeah. So, Dave, I'm going to tell you this story because I just think it's awesome. So, 
It's linked from the so I'll put both links, both the panic blog and, and the this article, which is actually from Camposanto, who who did the Firewatch game. Um, so I'll just read out the first paragraph of this article. A month before Camposanto announced the cost of buying a copy of Firewatch, one person predicted with absolute confidence what the price would be. Twenty dollars posted someone with the screen name Pingo the No Scoper on the Steam community forums. My uncle works for the game. He asked if $20 was good, and I said, yeah. So <laughs> the response was like, so the developers saw the post and thought, awesome, we haven't released the game yet, but random kids are using this game meme of my uncle works at X, which they say is like the one of the most famous urban legends in um, games, right? And it 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 it, it, uh, it derives from my um, people posting on internet forums in the kind of nineties, two thousands, saying, "Oh, my my uncle." This, this evolves from being in the classroom. In a school in the west of Ireland in the early nineties, <laughs> where where some little kid is like, "No, my uncle totally worked for Nintendo, and he said like that Mario Seven is totally coming out, and like um, the Spice Girls are also going to be in it, and like I mean, like do you know, like th- that that was real, like it's that's it's that behavior in real life before there was an actual internet. Like this is I experienced this pre nineteen ninety four. In wow. real life, in school, with some kid who was like, "Oh, my uncle worked for Nintendo." Didn't you mm-hmm. must as well, Baz? Like, yeah, yeah, we, yeah. I remember hearing this in so, school back in the day. Basically, yeah. to give you a spoiler on this article, this user on Steam, Pingu the No Scoper, was actually this nephew of the ceo of panic <laughs> amazing <laughs> amazing <laughs> and they only find out like months later um and it was really random like it like because the ceo of panic actually did have a conversation with this nephew saying oh 20 dollars what do you think <laughs> but they forgot all about it um and then they had this whole inter like somebody came across it and they're like, oh, oh ha 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 it's a meme. But actually it was true. Mm. So I'll put a link in the show notes. It's really worth a a, a, a read. <laughs> I didn't know about the 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 video game sort of history of this, but I ex- it explains it all and this poor teenager gets called out at a family gathering and it's all embarrassing and yeah it's ah, just cool. it's life, uh, life imitates art <laughs> yeah to be fair he knew though he did never pay more than $20 for a game kids <laughs> uh, I must have loads of things that are making me well, happy to uh to continue on from our last one, what's making me happy is a game that was priced twenty dollars. Deadly. <sighs> um. So, uh, Thimbleweed Park. Oh, is cool. A point and click adventure that is 
um, made by the same people who brought you Maniac Mansion and um, Monkey Island, all of the amazing... Oh, really? Monkey um, Island? Yeah, all of, the, all of the amazing games that I played on my 386 um, with the Lamo copy protection that we photocopied, sorry, LucasArts, um, <laughs> <laughs> and cut the holes out, and we had like the that, that bit of rope with the two... Um, aglets, I learned that that word this week. Um, on the end of it, so that to keep the paper together, do you know, like they use for keeping Ooh, the, the, the legal the things at the end of shoelaces, are they? Yeah, so like they have them on them to, you know, you could put them through the the papers and twist them, and they they stay together. Um, so we fashioned our own um, <clears throat> lamo copy. Uh, anti-protection using the photocopier lads we are um, such robbers between fake educational discounts fake apple pay decals. such a limitation still has like left up at this stage i, I was eight yeah right. thomas i'm i'm 37 <laughs> and i'm still ordering fakes well they're real stickers for fake reasons <laughs> yeah. i i need to come clean at some point ah it's all good um so it is um i don't want to give too much away but basically you primarily supposedly you play about five different characters i've played about four so far of the the different characters but basically primarily you are two um fbi agents Hmm. investigating a dead body that was found in the town of Timberweed Park. And cool. Basically, it is classic point-and-click adventure, and everything. It, it, it and uh, I was watching one of the the interviews with uh, Ron Gilbert, which is one of the the developers of it and one of the original um, developers of uh, Monkey Island, and he said they didn't want it to make it um, like <coughs> um, Monkey Island. But they wanted uh, graphically, but they wanted to make it like how you remember Monkey Island, which I thought mm. was very good. Like even it's two D, it's pixel art, but they have things like dynamic lighting, and they've, you know, they've some other really cool stuff in it. They've loads of layers of parallax. They have, you know, it's just it's 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 beautiful, really well put together game. Kind of looks to me, it looked a bit like X Files. Main characters look a bit like Mulder and Scully or something. Yeah, it it. It kind of sets it up like that. Like, there's a, a screenshot of two FBI agents. This is the screenshot they released at the start, um, um, and it was uh, the two FBI agents, and they they look very much like Mulder and Scully. There's the the redhead woman and the, you know, the the big hair dude. The, yeah, um, standing over the dead body. But that's where the the similarities end, and I think it kind of uses that to set up expectations and then subvert them fairly, fairly quickly. Um, cool. You know, so it's if you if you think you're getting a, an X Files game, yeah, there are nods to that, but it it flips things very quickly. Um, okay. You know, um, and there's there's a lot of stuff going on right out of the like within within the first minute or two, you're totally kind of what the hell is going on here? And I thought <clears throat> I was kind of worried that it would be too fantastic if that means you know like i like mm. my adventure games to be reasonably realistic like i mean you know monkey island realistic you know mm-hmm. curses and hexes ghosts. and all that are fine yeah ghosts that kind of things um you know ghost pirates 
all those sort of things. Um, but uh, so far this is pretty, pretty good. And one of the kind of gameplay mechanics that they use to get you to play as different characters is they have flashbacks. And as the flashback, you play as a different character, which is really good. So they're kind of like almost little mini adventure games inside in this game where you get to play with a different character that's connected to the plot somehow in in the past. So, um, yeah, very good. So it was made by Ron Gilbert and uh, Gary Winnick. And again, they were all, you know, old, old school LucasArts devs. Mm. Um, so they did a Kickstarter and they raised, back in 2014, they did a Kickstarter and they raised 375000 for it. And then it was released uh, 30th of March, 2017. Yeah, I've seen good reviews. Spiritual successor to Maniac Mansion and The Secret of Monkey Island. Oh. And so far, yes, um, I'm loving it. I'm not finished. I'm a few hours into it. I'm taking my time. I'm, you know, enjoying it. There's specks of dirt. Uh, Mac, um, just I bought it on Steam, and yeah, Thomas, I think it's on Good Old Games as well. <laughs> if you feel like taking the the plunge at some stage, I think it's another game that you would enjoy. So I also have a game for oh my, what's making me happy, um, and it's nah. an open source clone. Of a famous real-time strategy game called Command and Conquer. Ah, uh, yeah. And What's it called? Open RA. And it's written in .NET. Um, so you can get a proper Mac client. Um, so I've been playing uh, a modernized Red Alert most of this week. And does it include the original game? To some extent, or is it just a kind of a does a, r- a riff on it? Excellent. There was some um, open sourcing that happened with Command and Conquer. They have improved some bits, but they are uh, they are faithful to the original. So, I guess we've covered it many times before in the show. I don't know anything about video games, but it seems to me that uh, real time strategy is a genre that has slightly fallen out of favor um no come on there's only that starcraft thing <laughs> but that's it yeah right? only the, <coughs> only only the only. largest game on the planet like but that's it like there's not loads there's civ yes six. I, I suppose there's a lot of the there's... a lot of the free-to-play games are kind of like that am i wrong Dota 2 or whatever you pronounce that? Is that um, like it? No, they're kind of... Oh, that's more like Le- League of Legends, isn't it? Yeah, there's a few other yeah. ones that have been out recently that are kind of, again, kickstarted and stuff like that. Kind of a lot of point-and-click ones. Compared to first-person shooter, like, real-time yeah. strategy yeah. games used to be, like, one of the dominant genres, right? Yeah, it's probably because, you know, they were slow pace and you could kind of click and wait. God, they suck so bad. I hate real time strategy. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> I really What's wrong like with them? you. Oh, it's so like for me, yes. So for uh, me, there's a relaxation thing about it. Like I like sort of, I like 
So I play this. Uh, I'm going to sound like a really sad person. I do this to relax. I play it over and over again. I like the way it's repetitive. I like the, what's the acronym for like get resource, you know. Oh. Know, the money. Anyway, I really like that stuff. It, re- it just like the right level. Of yeah. Uh- I was about to say the the RAII from C++, but I I realized that we were having a very different conversation. Anyway, stick a link in the show notes. Um, I like this. This is awesome. So, Baz. Um, What's making me happy this week? Uh, I'm going to Oodle tomorrow. Oh. Which hasn't happened. I don't know if this is... No, I'm it, not. Oh. No. Will be missed on his own. Yeah, we should be sponsored for this, you know. Maybe next year <laughs> we'll make a big enough impact and invite us down or something. Um, That's it. Yeah, it hasn't happened yet, but it's happening tomorrow. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to going to that. So I'm going out with two two hundred people anyway. So, I'll cool. be all on my own anyway. But yeah, it should be good. Looking forward to it. Cool. Take notes. Take notes. You're going to be like 90% of the next podcast as you're talking about Ool. I'll make inappropriate comments to people. Get kicked out. You know. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> read, read the, <coughs> read the uh, conference attendance guidelines. The code yes. of conduct. Yeah, um, yeah I kind of look forward to it. I, I, I kind of looked up some of the speakers and stuff like that. So, um, Yeah, some stuff I'm looking forward to. Might relax a bit more this year. Kind of at the place. Um, chill out a bit more. It seems everything. a bit more chill. The schedule isn't a, the the schedule is nowhere near as heavy as mm. last year by the looks of things. I'm hoping anyway escape the room is still there. <laughs> there is one as far as I know because I, I saw a tweet from uh, Chadwick Severin saying that he was getting things ready. And okay. I think there was a there was a video of Samsung wanting him to do a Samsung escape the room. Did you see that? I heard that he'd been courted was, all right. Yeah, it was I, I, I assume it was a it was a sketch done for for Ool, like um, okay. I don't think there was any anything serious behind it, but uh, it's it's well worth the well worth the watch. Yeah, so yeah. I still have it. It seems like it seems like so long since the last Ool, but it's like what six no, months. No, to, to me it feels like it was a couple of weeks ago, because it was only yeah. November, right? November, yeah. Actually, it feels really far away and really close at the same time, yeah, which is a weird, a weird sensation to have in, really, your, in your head. The weather was really good <clears throat> that time, and the weather yesterday and today has been quite good. So, kind of, yeah. I don't know what it's been. I know it was kind of autumn, nice. So it was a little bit chilly, but yeah, it was, it was something. I don't know. I just remember it was being bright. <laughs> yeah, you had a classroom as well. Oh my god! I get a room as good as last year. I'd be happy now. I mean. Yeah, that was just a view of the lake and the mountains and everything. Um, pretty unreal. Pretty unreal. Yeah. So yeah, I've been seeing a few people on Twitter posting the the view out of the room already, and I'm, I'm okay. getting jealous. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And then tomorrow, anyway. Yeah. So looking forward to that. That'll make me happy. Cool. Mm-hmm. I think me and Thomas are going to try and head up to X Cake in Dublin on the Tuesday, um, mm. which I think will be all the people who are not a duel. <laughs> And uh, want to do something iOS, so that should be. Are you doing anything at it? Yeah, I'm giving my talk on Swift optionals. Who? Third time, third time out now. So nice. Trying for a fourth, and then I think I'll retire it. You know? <laughs> yeah. 
So yeah, best of luck at Ool. Thank you. And if you see, I've given you the list of people to buy pints if you see him anyway. And, uh, uh, you know. Yeah. Going to tell Marco, yeah, we gave you 200 quid. Buy me a pint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That won't happen. 